Welcome back to another week of the Geek Whispers. My name's John Mark Troyer. And I'm Amy Lewis. And I'm Matt Brender. We are at the Silicon Valley VMUG. Actually, we're post Silicon Valley VMUG, where we spent an actually quite entertaining and productive day doing a panel, doing a session, and also doing career counseling. And I'm not actually sure how that came to be. We were doing, uh, we didn't call it career counseling. What did, what was the actual name on the board, the sign they made for us? It was career consultation. Yeah. yeah. Lighter weight. Uh-huh. We have no degrees. How on earth did that come together? That yeah. was their idea or ours? No, as, as listeners, I'm sure people are like, what the hell are you guys doing exactly? So Yeah, no, it was all kind of a surprise thing. It started with a great conversation with Renee Woods, who is one of the people that works on VMUGs around the country. And she is creative and always looking for new and innovative things to do. And so we started to have a conversation of what are some value adds that you can get from a conference. And obviously, I think about events all the time now, and we're really interested in careers here. So the combination of things we like to do as Geek Whispers, plus things that you can get out of an event. And I pitched her on this concept of what if we offered people different things that would give them a way to get unstuck from wherever they were in their career. We know that people have a barrier to entry on social platforms sometimes because they don't have a decent picture. And so they brought a photographer in. It was a simple thing to have a great photographer there for half a day to do headshots. And then the more we talked, this idea sort of evolved between the two of us. And then, of course, brought you guys into it. You were up for it. And I I throw it to Matt, came up with this concept of a menu. Of course, he (laughs) programmatized it for us. Yeah, I I get to project manage us occasionally. I just thought, I think we were bantering about like the level of effort for certain conversations. We started to talk about the main dish versus the appetizer. And I took that literally. And so we drew out a menu of options that we'll add to this post. Uh, Here are some different ways in which you can think about it. Like we can dig into metrics, we can dig into org charts. Or Maybe we can, specifically about your career, just to be clear, like it was a menu of options as people came up to us and think of the Lucy Van Pelt, Charles Schultz days of the doctor is in, you know, five cents, please. We got a couple nickels today. I'm very proud of. I'll share I saw that them out. on the table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for starting that, Porter. That was very thoughtful. <laughs> but no, I think that because most of the people that were there are actual IT admins, they were here for the VMUG, the Silicon Valley VMware users group. They were not podcast listeners. They did not know who we were. They set us up with a super nice sign, nice signage, a little table and some little cocktail tables to go and and meet with people. And we had a little wait list, actually quite a big line most of the day. So it was actually very cool. We have been, like like we said last episode, we've been sitting here talking to people about their careers, talking to, just hearing stories, both when we are not podcasting at the bar or whatever, and and while we're recording. So we've heard lots of stories, many of which we can't share with you. (laughs) There is like a Geek Whispers cone of silence now. I realize like we're sort of officially under friend DA. Yeah, we're like priests. (laughs) We are. We're like priests. We're therapists. No. Um, No, Matt is shaking his head. Bless you, Matt. Bless you. (laughs) So... um, Any other analogy. (laughs) (laughs) The cool thing was it is hard to tell people like do a career touch up if they haven't been thinking about their career in in some of the frameworks that we work with. And so the menu was kind of cool. Do you think it actually helped people think like, "Eh, what do I want to do next? Or what are you talking about? What is is career? (laughs) No, what it did do, it it gave some some scaffolding to have a conversation. So people would look at it. We had exactly zero people pick an item off the menu. So it was a lot of make your own salad. (laughs) And we would end up having a conversation like people came up with an idea. And what I guess I didn't anticipate was how much people were really longing for a conversation to focus in on this because they forget to every day. Like the sense that I got was like, huh, I never really thought about that. But now that I see the sign in front of me and people that want to talk to me about it, I don't care what we're going to talk about. Well, let's dig into it. 
It is kind of a tough conversation because do you have it with your peers? Uh, some people have a mentor. Most people don't. You can't really talk about it with your boss. Like, yeah, I'm thinking about quitting and going to a bigger company. Uh, <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's, an, that's a non-starter, right? And, and even though it's a group of people who are obviously engaged in community, they're interested in their own future because they're out at a user conference yeah. trying to connect with other people in person, trying to learn new things. So it's, it's like the perfect storm. And I was overwhelmed with a sense of, oh, my gosh, who am I to tell people who've never met me before anything, you know? And the menu did kind of help break the ice, but every single person came with a question and was willing and able to do this in 15 minutes, like with a couple of questions asked. They all came with kind of a finite problem that they really wanted to bounce off a, so cool. a trained listener. It was sort of active listening to use my old school feminist empowerment speech, but it was it was amazing. I was really I am so grateful for the opportunity. I learned so much today. Same here, same here. And I I was also just blown away while everyone has very different jobs, we were talking to a lot of people that work for what would be customers in our world that I think people are so heads down as customers, they don't actually know all the opportunities. Like we are exposed to all these titles, all these, the difference between a VAR and a vendor and a customer. And I spent a couple conversations just digging into the opportunities outside of that because they thought they could only go up. They thought they could only go from the manager role to the director role in their company or parallel in another company similar. Like, have you looked at VARs? What's a VAR? Oh, wow. And it just the eyes opened up and you just start seeing like there's a lot of opportunity to expand people's view of what they could do. Well, I had a, I have to say quote of the day. One of the uh, funny conversations I had was with someone who didn't feel like management was the way up. They had done management before. And I said, well, you know, that's a, a couple bifurcation questions. You know, do you path A, path B? I said, do you want to be in management? He's like, you've got to be kidding me. He goes, I remember, let's call him Steve. You know, I worked with somebody and Steve wasn't at his desk. And my boss asked me, you know, where's Steve? Is he at lunch? You know what I don't care about? Where Steve is and if he's eating lunch. <laughs> he goes, management is not for me. I, I was like, oh my gosh, I think you have just defined management. Yeah. For That's, uh, it's good to have some self-knowledge in that way. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about some of the themes that we brought from today. But first, I want, do want to ask, do you think people already knew what their answers were, and you helped draw them out? Or did we really kind of pull new, new ideas into their heads? Half and half. There were a lot of people who needed validation from, again, a little bit impartial, not their boss, not their normal peer set. Who we are as Geek Whispers meant nothing to the majority of people sure. that I spoke with. Same, same experience you had. But just in iterating and brainstorming, which has come from talking to a lot of people and hearing a lot of people's ideas, I found myself doing both. So net-net, I did half of giving people a tactical thing and having them go, oh, okay, yes, that's a new idea. I hadn't thought of that. And half of them were, I feel so much better. You said what I've been thinking. So and actually, nice. both things came out of people's mouths. Nice, nice. Yeah, for me, it was, and it might have just been, you know, the, the luck of the draw, but I had people that consistently, I felt like their heads exploded all over. And I just thought that was so cool because I was having this moment. I'm like, again, I'm not a career coach. I'm not branding myself that way at all. I'm just going to say some stuff that I think is interesting and relevant based on my experience. And I had three people that just had no idea that their position as customers actually empowered them to be like incredible in other opportunities, Hmm. like that they have like hands-on practical operations experience and architecture experience. And that that's something every vendor would love to take advantage of and maybe even hire for you know, three times their current salary because they're underpaid. Well, it's the, it's the Shawshank problem, right? What's People that? are trapped by their own 
um, you're institutionalized. The yes. bars don't hold you in. You hold yourself in. And I think the only way you can do that is to step outside your own experience, whoever it is. We could yeah. be, it could literally have been anyone walking down the street. They could have said something to you and that person, you know what I mean? It just shakes you out of the blinders you've got on. But I will have to say that it was like drawing that out, like drawing out yeah. your customer. There are all these bars yeah. and there are all these vendors. Like now let's also start talking org charts. So yeah. I like did like marketing, sales, engineering. And like started like drawing them out as different things. And they just like started to see like, oh, there's this huge landscape of places I could be. And they started to imagine themselves in different roles. And That's I just, awesome. I just saw that. And then uh, this woman I was speaking with, so damn good at engineering. And what her frustration was that she's actually not getting fed enough projects. And there is the opportunity of like, well, do I stay here? Do I leave? I don't know which. Um, and we ended up talking about Kanban. Because it was just about visualizing the whip of her team because no one visualizes it. And she sees like that she doesn't get as many projects or everyone gets the same amount at the beginning, but she finishes all of hers first and she's sitting around twiddling her thumbs and she wants to keep doing more. I'm like, oh, have you thought about like visualizing that with people? And it's just total click moment of like, yeah, they're just new ways of thinking. I'm like, oh, holy crap. We're, we've really been fortunate to be exposed well, to a lot of Have you of ever thought about being a consultant? <laughs> Hey, I, I only play one on a podcast with John Mark Because <laughs> you can get money to tell people to do Kanban. Kanban. <laughs> you know, agile consultant. I charge, uh, I don't Oh, know. no, please. How I don't. many thousand a day you can get for that? I, I would advise people to use personal Kanban. I would not advise you to follow agile methodologies. See, there you go. You even have an opinion about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into some of the themes. I mean, one of the themes that I kind of joked about, but that I definitely saw was like, well, are we going to go into this and tell everybody to quit their jobs? So, oh, yeah. So what, what did you find? Well, I actually thought I told two people to quit their jobs. Oh, boy. So. <laughs> We're, what kind of reputation? We've just got... Ken, Have we learned nothing? Ken and Keith are happily employed. Please stay employed, guys. No. Yeah. <laughs> What's but they just yeah, went off and quit their jobs arbitrarily. Well, the people I was talking to, one, you know, they, they'd either kind of reached a natural limit, needed, needed a bigger company or more experience, or, you know, had been in the same place and kind of needed to yeah. mix things up. So I thought... Quitting their jobs was an option. I don't know. Did you guys see that too? Did you guys? You, so you guys did not like throw grenades all all afternoon. I hinted. <laughs> <laughs> um, one guy was telling me that he specifically came like I'm not really sure how to update my LinkedIn. So I'm like, all right, let's pull up your LinkedIn. And I just see one submission of being at one place for 16 years, and I'm like, okay, let's talk. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we need to start looking at this in smaller chunks. And I, I think we got to the point where it's like, I don't mind if you stay there for the rest of your life, but it, it does sound like you want more. <laughs> so and here here's the rest of the world that you could go after. Nice. So kind of knew they needed something more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think existential hunger. Right? Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. The back to we don't want to we want to lead the horse to water kind of a thing. I'm sure you were doing the same, but they just needed that uh, that push. And and I didn't get as many. Again, we all just to be for all the listeners. We for the most part spoke to different people, so oh, it was yeah, luck yeah. of the draw of which geek whisper you you landed with. We really did stay pretty busy today. It was amazing, but nobody needed to quit their job as much as some people needed to have a slightly different focus. So it wasn't. I didn't oh, have nice. a lot of people who were burned out or like at that edge or really frustrated. They were stuck in other ways. A lot of long-term planners. So they were trying to figure out how to even plan long-term. So that was probably the most common theme that I encountered. Well, wasn't uh, Christina, whom we just spoke to her, didn't she say something about fixing things? Don't don't just quit your jobs because like, of the same... You're, I forget if she said something about the same did. problems will follow you or you got to fix that the was stuff so, first. Yeah. Yeah. So our, our past guest, uh, Christina, as we were talking about developer evangelism, 
or never do it again was don't leave a job and go look for something, another job, without fixing the thing that's actually bothering you. Because what you're going to end up doing is pulling that exact same behavior to the next job. And that hit home in all the conversations today. And, and I, I actually mentioned her episode a ton of times. Because, Me too. Me too. Because I think worst case is like if people take our advice today, or at least the advice I was given out, they will feel more satisfied by trying. And if it doesn't work, then quit. <laughs> but at least you tried to solve it and you can bring that experience forward. Well, if you, I mean, any problem you have, if you're having a problem communicating with your boss because you're a bad communicator and you go to a new job and you're still a bad communicator, you know, you're still going to have that same problem. Yeah, sure. And but like helping people understand what's good communication versus bad. Yeah. Like, I, I think we all struggle with that. And that's why, uh, to your point, Amy, just like having anyone listen to you and be like, yes, you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> is, is nice to reassure you. So another theme that I think I heard about as we were talking before we hit record was talking to people maybe in their, who had been around their careers for a while, who'd had careers, uh, maybe late careers, mid-career stage, and just kind of what they were looking at in terms of skills gap or reinvention, or I loved actually the, the final keynote at today's VMUG was Chris Wall talking about a little bit about reinvention. He used kind of a Red Queen race escalator analogy like in it you always have to keep walking because you're you're there is some sort of a red queen race you are being pulled backwards always so what were some of the kind of late career concerns or mid-career concerns that you saw well i had a couple really great conversations around this and one thing that would be a whole episode by itself and i think worth digging into at some point was someone asking me do you think there's ageism in technology because which direction meaning that People favor hiring young because they feel like you can get it cheaper and they feel like the young people, the kids these days understand X, Y, Z, which is also interesting because simultaneously we've been hearing a lot of people feeling like the pipeline is not big enough. We're not getting our next generation of IT professionals groomed up, but how are we going to do that if we're always cannibalizing and kind of chopping off at a certain point, you know, you're too old, get out, got to get the young cheaper, et cetera. So it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting dilemma that as an industry, I think we have to work through and figure out how do we honor contribution and how do we get people who have years served, sort of training and getting people excited because there's an entire opportunity for mentorship because none of these people were saying, I don't want to learn a new skill. None, not a single person said, I'm unwilling to do whatever it needs to be done. It's not that I'm doing the same thing for 20 years. I've continued to evolve. I've reinvented myself. But I find that when I show up for the interview, you know, you can people assume people make some assumptions. And uh, so I thought that was an interesting conversation. The other sort of element that kind of came out of these is this concept of job insurance. And more than once having a conversation of either concern because they were kind of a more senior person. And so perhaps be a first in, first out and in kind of a, a chaotic job market that all of us need job insurance. And, and my concept here is that we spend so much of our time doing our job, but we don't necessarily do what we do for health insurance, car insurance, house insurance. We don't differentiate ourselves and we don't extend our community in a way that protects us if the worst happens. And I'm feeling like I'm this doomsdayer, but I think that it is so important, and we've heard this advice a lot, of keep your community active, do various things that help you should a crisis occur. Basic, basic things. Make sure your LinkedIn is up to date. Make sure, you know, challenge yourself to engage with a couple of new people. Go to in-person events when you have the opportunity. 
these things do take time, but it is, uh, the other analogy I used was R&D. You know, we spend so much time in maintenance and operational mode, but we don't reserve time for feeding it back into ourselves for this research and development we need to either pick up a new skill, expand our community, do something a little different. Hmm. Okay, I want to unpick that a little bit. So I definitely think that there is ageism in the tech industry. There certainly is in Silicon Valley, yeah, uh, where some of the companies skew very young. And I think a gray hair, and especially in engineering, sometimes the gray-haired engineers are looked at as, uh, especially at smaller companies, as looked at as uh, superfluous or kind of de-skilled or older-skilled and also expensive. So that that definitely is there. So, but with the job insurance thing, so you're talking about this is you're talking about more than just skills renewal. You're talking about more than just because there's some people who are like, oh, I you know I've been. I mean, I like to make fun of storage people. You know, I've been the storage guy <laughs> for 20 years. I took care of these giant storage things. You know, and, and like we've joked, like eventually you'll be like the mainframe guy, and eventually it'll come around. You'll be the one, last one standing, so you'll be valuable again. But in between, there's a big thing where like you have an outdated skill set. So that's one issue. That's one but, aspect. But you're talking about more than that. I'm talking about all the things that can make you stand out in a pool of 3,000 candidates. Because one of the conversations was when a major layoff comes, or if people know there's been a major layoff, then you're seen as someone who is part of that. So why were you cut off. You're damaged in some way. You're casualty. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of maintaining a modern conversation, having your community ready to go and not backing down from it and saying, you know, I've been investigating a career pivot. This just helped expedite it and not apologizing, not selling yourself as damaged goods, but also do you volunteer? Do you mentor? Do you pick up a side project? And I, I gave a lot of homework today. And uh, I think that's that's true for all of us. We can't just do our job. If we want to buy job insurance, it comes with that sweat equity. It comes with going to the VMUG that maybe you didn't last year because there was a big project at work or you just felt tired or you didn't want to battle traffic or whatever it is. If there's an opportunity to go and connect with your community in person, take that opportunity. If there's an ability to connect with your virtual community, Get that LinkedIn up to date. If you are deciding between that extra hour at the job, or maybe you go actually and take the lunch hour you never take and and go have coffee with somebody that might be a potential mentor, make those investments in yourself. Buy your job insurance by committing to yourself with these research and development type tactics. That's really interesting, Amy. And I think it, it rolls into some concepts I've been stealing from John's brain lately. Uh, when it comes to like honoring that time in your day, like we've we've attributed that to learning a new skill, and I think learning a new skill is very much connected into this conversation of growing your network and and connecting. Because for some of us, or actually, no matter how extroverted you are, it's still it's a new skill to you know to put up the effort of checking your email and making sure you responded to people that you've interacted with and following up on these platforms and going and seeing if you can help somebody on some community platform, whether it's a community's site from VMware or Spiceworks or a Stack Overflow. So I, I like that. And I think there there's something about the intentional aspect of it. However, people need to frame it, just make it intentional. Like R&D, yes. Insurance, yes. Community building, yes. All of those are great answers. Just do it. I agree. Do yeah. something that calls out to you. I mean, it could be lunch hour going to see a mentor, or it could be lunch hour reading a book or lunch hour yeah. start, starting on downloading an open source project and playing with it. I mean, there are different investments, right? You, you, yeah. may, you may need to do several of them. You, you may, absolutely. I think kind of generating an idea and a list, I just think it can't all be, it, it can't just be one. It can't just be skills. I think skills are important, but people are important too. So I think thinking about that complement because your network, 
Your network is the only thing that will get you hired in the future. And I love the fact that there are user groups and meetups and they are so available. I do that in my, I talk about them in my talk too. I mean, if you think about it, everybody there at this Silicon Valley VMUG today had an activation energy, right? They either had, they had to take the day off work or tell their boss they weren't coming in. They had to get in a car. They had to battle traffic. They had to get there and they had to sit and, you know, the food was okay. You know, it was free, but you know, that's kind of a long day and they all have busy, I'm sure they all have busy jobs. I remember reading about networking event, like when I was a teenager or, or maybe just out of college or something, reading about networking events, you should be going to networking events and you should be, um, you know, you should be networking before you need to. So you should be going yes. to like, what are networking events? And like, I just pictured these horrible mixers where everybody was wearing a sticky name tag and, yeah. and like, you're like, you shake a hand and like, what do you do? Well, I'm a, you know, I run a gardening service or something like that. But like in tech, the cool thing is there are these user groups and there are these meetups. And actually outside tech now, there's all these meetups. Yeah. So that there, that there are structured ways of getting to know people. And I mean, you do also have to, so you sit in the talks, but you do occasionally do have to like say, hi, I'm John. How are you? What do you do? Yeah, you literally have to stretch out and introduce yourself to someone. It's It's uncomfortable for everybody. And it's not... You know, you're going to talk to a couple people and most of the time that's not like magic. Ha it's not like some magic fairy comes and gonna, that's your next boss. But occasionally that is yeah. the case. Like, it's, it's, I'm, we're sitting here with three people who that's exactly what happened. And that's how this podcast happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're pretty damn socially activated already though. But so like, I think the stories that resonate more with me today in particular are the people that, you know, follow 10 people and are followed by five, but they still have that network that's comfortable with them that they know that they can rely on and they've figured out how to work at that scale. Like you can scale to whatever size you need. We don't all have to be incredibly socially active and running blogs and running podcasts. I actually appreciate that a lot of people just want to do different things, but just whatever scale you're running at, keep running. And you know, if you can add some more, go for it if you feel like you're in need of that. But if you don't, like just maintain and back to the Chris Wall today with this keynote, in order to maintain something, you have to keep moving. Yeah. So your homework today for the people, uh, Amy, was their job. You, you gave them homework that was around job insurance? Around job insurance. Yeah. Do, go pick something out of this list, but pick up something new and don't talk to me about that you don't have time to do it. And in many cases, we exchanged cards and they said, I might need to check in with you. And I was like, that's okay. I'll absolutely check back in with you and see how that's going. Oh, and, you got uh, some homework too. Yeah, I got some homework too. It was interesting. I did talk to a couple of people who had a lot of objections, right? I would do this, but X, Y, Z. You know, I'm kind of interested in this, but... Da, 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 da. And people came like loaded with lots of reasons they couldn't do stuff. Oh, interesting. I, I think, you had the tough crowd. I think they knew what to do, but I think that they all came with lots of reasons they could not. Those, yeah, it's that it's that institutionalization thing again. It's throwing your own barriers up before any are, are there. Yeah, that actually leads into my homework for people perfectly, John, because I kept telling people they need to know their own story. And it came up as I was talking to a gentleman who had been at a place for 10 years, made it to a senior manager, enjoyed his work, definitely hit the roof, though. There's just there's no further place for him to grow at that scale of a company. And I asked him, like, all right, so what do you do? It's like, well, you know, I never really got deep in anything. Uh, I'm jack of all trade. I know this. I know that. I know this. I've run teams like this. I'm like, okay, so what do you do? <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, you know, I do a little of that, a little of this. And it came down to this point of, like, it just, it sounds like you don't do anything. Like, if you explain it at that level, it's not interesting. It's not engaging with people when you go to the interview process. I should frame it and say he'd been interviewing and, and he'd been getting a lot of, well, you're not really deep on one thing. And that would be nice. 
but then I talk to somebody who's really deep on one thing and they're asked like, well, why aren't you diverse and, and have a greater breadth? So it came down to like having a lot of conversations about what do you want people to know about you? You have to lead with something and just getting one of those stories down pat. I think it's like that's the, the thing that resonated the most with the people I talked to today. The elevator pitch is not a joke. And the interviewing, the concept of interviewing and practice, it's one more we're we're the most boring people on the block. But practice, 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 because if you can't explain yourself in a short amount of time, then you can't expect people to understand it. And people really can only hear about one thing. And that, I think, is a challenge, right? You have to, you have to say it in a way that that one thing will lodge. Well, yeah, like the, the power of narrative, right? Yeah. The power of story. I love yeah. the framing of what's your story. That is so powerful. I mean, as marketers, we, we get that drilled into us a lot because we have a tendency to put up lots of bullet points and lots of bar graphs. But if you actually go to a, like a presentation coach or, or somebody like that, they always try to nail it down to, okay, what's the story here? What's the actual narrative that people will actually remember yeah. that our brains over millennia have been, uh, have been uh, conditioned to, to uh, uh, store the story? Yeah, so the, there's the high-level story that oh, it just like it's the hook. Like um, what's that thing that's really sexy about how you present your work? But the other thing I found when talking to very technical people is that they abstracted away all the really interesting tidbits. Like they thought that it wasn't interesting that they worked on a, you know, six different versions of Linux and managed a hundred nodes of ESXi through this thing and they architected it all themselves. They just feel like, yeah, I just run VMware for my company. I started breaking it into you've got the high level conversation and then give me like one super compelling, incredibly detailed story how you approached a project and how you architected a solution and who you worked with and tell it as a narrative of like there was conflicts we hit these landmines we got our budget cut but we found these other ways to you know succeed and like make it a triumph and land it in some place like seed it in whatever job you're actually trying to achieve but like tell the details tell me the kernel versions if that's relevant like tell me the software packages I find that interesting as somebody that talks to technical people that are getting hired by technical people, because if you say a couple of those things once or twice, it builds credibility in a very short interview cycle. It's hard to do for yourself, though. We've all done resumes. You're doing your own resume is so hard because you, you're basically trying to pull that story out, right? You, you so have painful. to do a buddy system. I, I don't think there's any other way. So that's the tip of the day, too. And I gave that one as well of you need to find your board of directors to help you <laughs> out, you know, and I stole it straight from... Ken Hoy, because it's, uh, I, I think everybody, even if you do it a little bit less formally, you at least need one other person to bounce this off of, because we're all blind to it. Yeah, I'm kind of stuck on the resume thing. I mean, for resumes too, one of the things that I've had people do is they have a tendency to list a bunch of bullet points of responsibilities or packages they've worked with. You know, I did the email, I did the, 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 the or I, you know, I know these bullet points. When I, uh, you really want to do is, is give some results which tell a story, like I improved efficiency by this, or we, you know, we upgraded a thing which allowed us to do that. And, and the, the thing is not necessarily there's always a result that you can point to, which you'd like to, um, but most of our jobs don't have those. But it, it is about creating that sort of story. Yeah, give people a narrative to, to think of like, oh, well, how would I leverage those skills if you were on my team, right? Yeah, and it's also, oh, that's the gal that did that had that horrible email meltdown and they, they fixed it. You know, yeah, she rebuilt Exchange over a weekend and, you know, saved the day. Kind of yeah. Thing. yeah, it's differentiated. I mean, it, it, it works. 
And and I think you have to hone it so you can say it in a concise way and with confidence because those things matter. I think we heard a lot of that too. I heard a lot of apologies. Yeah. For like, well, I don't know this stuff as well as I should. And I, I dug more into this than that. And I felt like, you know, it would have been cool if I did that too. I'm like, I'm not asking for a review of all the things you thought you could have done that way. Like we had to frame it in a way of like, what you actually achieved and how great that is. And then all the other things that since then you've learned you'd want to add to it. There's a lot of like, I don't know if that's a trend that you've seen, but I think in IT, I I can recall a lot of times where people are very focused on all the things that they've learned since and how they could have done things better. And they forget to frame things as a victory. Well, that's the thing. In some ways, we're not having a lot of these are not conversations with marketing people. We've had people up and down the stack. This were a lot of engineers we're having conversations with. And taught to see the flaws and talk about improvement instead of to pitch what the the real skill set was. Yeah. I didn't get into it today with anybody. I don't know if you did, but actually by the time they get to the interview, then they're going to have to have those stories ready because the current trend in interviewing, which I think is going to stick is uh, be these behavioral interviews. Tell me about a time when you had a disaster at work and, and you fixed it or a problem at work and you fixed it. Or tell me about a time, you know, a project went really well. You should have those in your back pocket because they're kind of hard to come up with because, again, they're about your own history. So you should think about that before you go into the interview. I think they're easy enough with the buddy system, or at least I felt like that today where I'm talking to someone like, all right, just tell me like some project you worked on that was at least somewhat interesting. Like, give me something interesting to work with. And everyone, you know, they had something like they're like, well, I had to do this Wi-Fi thing. And then I realized I could do it this way. That was a little unique. I'm like, oh, you're already telling a story. You don't even realize it, but you're telling a great story. I think they just needed like somebody outside of them to say that that was interesting. We're challenging people to be better interviewers in some ways, too. <laughs> Please don't ask the what's the what's your best quality and what's your worst quality question ever again. No, but then also buddy up and uh, and start telling each other stories about work and let them be like, you know, have a buzzer if you need to in the table like a, that was easy button and like hit the button when it gets interesting so that you give people that reinforcement. Nice, nice. So you th- think that within 10 or 15 minutes, people actually got it? I think a few did. Absolutely. I, I mean, everyone has lots of room to Im- to improve, ourselves included, right? Sure. Like if I sat down with one of you and started talking about stuff, I'd find all these things that I'd want to do better and present better. But yeah, I think there is something really special about carving that time away from whatever you do during your day job and whatever event we were doing today and just talking about your career. There's just something special to that alone that I didn't anticipate today, and I was really happy to see. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, we had to pitch ourselves to explain who the heck the Geek Whispers were (laughs) and why we do this. And it's a strange explanation out of a vacuum. So I learned a lot about picking up that skill and telling that story, too. Well, Geek Whispers, do you think we pulled it off? I I guess time will tell how many people will quit their jobs and tweet us about it. (laughs) I'd give at least two thumbs up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy to be at a user con, especially in the VMware community, since while we all came from different companies, we were really seated in the virtualization space that has just one of the the most rich, fantastic communities in our industry. And while, yeah, we continue to scatter out into other places, like there's room for us all to continue to give back and continue to build. So it felt right. It went really well and happy to do it again. Yeah, I'd love to see something like this as a feature of a lot of VMware user groups or things like this. I think it could really be interesting for the attendees. Yeah, I think it's a value add. Again, I, my event hat firmly on, but something it, it says this is the reason you've traded your valuable time to be here. So we want to invest in your skills and in your people skills. Yeah, It really is a portion of both so that you diversify your portfolio. 
And to be honest, it doesn't have to be us at all of them. Oh, no, no. I actually didn't even mean us. I thought, I thought, man, I meant like that would be kind of cool if the VMware organization kind of figured out a way of doing this. Well, and I think it's a kind of a cool concept when people are looking for volunteer opportunities. A lot of people look to mentor but don't want to give too much time. If they could give a day to go and be that ear to listen and reflect, it would be a real contribution. It's a way to give back to your community. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm also not saying we wouldn't do it again. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it's there's there's really something about like it doesn't have to be us. Like it can be a lot of people. We can all volunteer and improve each other. So, you know, Vmug community, I, I hope you all stand up and continue to help each other. And we'll we'll be there, too. It was a great experience. I'm very glad that uh, we were offered this and made this happen. It was certainly an interesting day for us. I think it was a valuable day for the people that we ended up talking to. I really want to thank the VMUG organization for giving us a chance to do this. And actually, I want to thank you guys, the listeners. We were able to do this because we kind of got into this podcast thing and talking to different people about their lives and about their careers. We want to keep doing it. So feel free to tweet at us at uh, geek underscore whispers or come over to our website, geek-whispers, to find out all about the podcast. You know, we're very approachable on Twitter. I'm getting actually more into LinkedIn and Facebook these days. I don't know about you guys. Oh, but diversification. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> diversification. It's a little investment in my career, job insurance. But, you know, so wherever we are, we're not scary. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. Evidently, Amy will also be a career coach, if, <laughs> or at least she offered to a couple people today. But we all, no, we're all very approachable and happy to talk to anybody online or offline. And if you want to be a guest on the Geek Whispers, you know, we might love to talk to you anyways, right? Yeah, so, tell, tell us about the job you're looking for. I, I think that's been a fun theme lately of talking about not just the jobs people have, but what where they where do they think they're going next? And if you feel comfortable digging into that, that's it's been going really well for our listeners. Great. Well, with that, it's been another episode of the Geek Whispers, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Geek Whisperers podcast. Tune in on iTunes or Stitcher for regular stories of technology careers, cultures, and lives. Share it with a friend or invite us to an event through our website, geek-whispers.com. Find us on Twitter at geek underscore whispers or at jtroyer, mjbrender, and comms ninja. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Cell five.